Growth happens in the challenging and messy parts of life. I never want to stop learning and growing uh, to, to be stretched as a person. Gosh, I believe we grow best in relationship with others, and it's important to never lose sight of the human sitting in front of me. You know, my hope is to always have the hard conversations well. And we need to do a better job of holding space for each other. Asking the difficult questions is important, but I want to do it in a way that has genuine humility and curiosity. One of my favorite phrases is the staying power. And at the end of the day, I want to know that I did that. We need more nuanced dialogue to keep learning. And a part of that is we really need to get better at listening. We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain. And I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. All right, girl, today. Today, we are going to talk about, really, the truth is, it's one of our favorite sassy things to say, <laughs> but we're going to make it sound very academic, and and actually, it's very helpful. I mean, we sass about it because it's actually a really incredible, powerful concept um, to help people, I would say, move through the world generally as better human beings. <laughs> totally. We're going to help you be a better human being. Laugh about it because it's true. Because it shows up everywhere. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about what we refer to as the drama trauma triangle. But I believe, ma'am, you are going to give us a little bit of a history lesson before we jump into like um, how, how, it, how we see it show up in the world, how we experience it in other people and we are not just talking about in our counseling no no it's everywhere for everybody and we're all doing it all the time um yes little little history lesson here but not a boring one y'all this is really interesting and not just because i'm a nerd and i like these things you did nerd out on this though i did so the drama triangle was developed by stephen cartman in 1968 so a little bit of kind of history there. There were some conceptual foundations with, um, if you are in the field of psychology or counseling, you know Eric Burns' transactional analysis, um, and, and which studies essentially interaction, interactions between people, how we interact, how we work together. Um, we also hear the theory of triangulation in Bowen, who is a family systems therapist in 1966, where he talks about the you know different parts of the family systems theory that he developed. Um, and, and where that's important is that this drama triangle is about relational systems that we're in, you know, which is groups of people and how we're interacting and the roles that we play and where it works really well and where our goals should be to help it. Be healthy. Be healthy um, and where it's not healthy. Um, so Cartman comes along. He was actually, it's really interesting. He was a part of the Screen Actors Guild. And so he I loved this fact. You shared it with me. I was like, whoa, 
Oh, no, this makes so much more sense. Oh, he's not a boring person in our field. I love this. I try and boring. He's good. <laughs> he calls it the drama triangle rather than the conflict triangle. And we have later heard it taught as also the trauma triangle because those who've experienced trauma can sometimes find themselves gravitating toward these relational roles. Yeah, absolutely. So we've um, heard all three now. He's written a ton about it, um, still is in doing that work. Um, he, um, his first, one of his first articles was um, entitled Fairy Tales and Script Drama Analysis, which I love because story matters, relational dynamics matter, the roles that we play matters. Um, in fact, one of our professors and mentors talked about in his business training and other parts of his doc training where one of his professors. Yeah, use fairy tales to this very therapeutic way to like unpack people's stories yeah. and do like this very psychoanalysis. I'm probably going to get stoned because that's not the right thing, but like interpersonal, intrapersonal like exploration and introspection. So I just was always fascinated. And so sometimes it's been referred to the Cartman, like Cartman's Triangle, that kind of thing. So if you're wanting to read more about it, and that that's that's who I would you know look up and um. But it is significant in our field, but I think... Um, I think this should be significant for everybody. I, by the I way, if you will be making t-shirts that say, get off the triangle. <laughs> so what, what are we talking about here? Like, what yeah, is, tell us about this triangle. Tell us about the roles. Break it down for us. So picture a literal triangle. Um, I, can't, I can't pull up my whiteboard, which makes me real sad because this <laughs> is a podcast. Um, so picture a literal triangle. Guided imagery. Here and there's three different roles. We have the victim. We have the persecutor or villain, depending on the version. I've also see. heard uh, attacker. Attacker, yeah. yeah. Um, and we have hero or rescuer. Um, and so I think. I don't like the word hero for this. It's not real positive and it is not. It's not. Well, yeah, no, I'm okay with heroes. I'm, I'm, I'm not with the rescuers. <laughs> Yeah, no. there's some overlap there. I think but. for the sake of what this is, our our lingo for for today and just in general t- t- tends to be victim, persecutor, and rescuer. Yeah, um, I think it's more helpful for the victim. Their role on the triangle. So if we have people who have jumped on the triangle. We've got two or three people that have jumped on. You've got someone playing the victim, which is this is happening to me. I am the victim. This thing. I think what you. Pause for just a second. What you just said was really important. Just because there are three roles doesn't mean have to be there have to be three people. Right. Yeah. They at least has to be people. two people because there's an interaction. Well, I don't know. Let's talk about that for a second. I hear you, but I think some people get on the triangle all by themselves and you didn't know you were in this with them. That's true. They'd be like you looking at me going like getting on the triangle with me and I'm like totally unaware that you're on the triangle and you've invited me on the triangle, but we haven't started interacting yet. You know, like the narration that starts to happen in our head before we've actually started engaging. But I hear you. It's it's about a relationship. It's a relationship to three people, probably could be more. Um, You may be on the triangle consensually or (laughs) non-consensually. So sometimes we don't know. To a really interesting place. <laughs> um, but the, the role of the victim is, this is happening to me. That's the mindset. That's the posture. Like, all the things, are, you're happening to me, the situation's happening to me. We're kind of talking about that locus of control mentality where the power is on the outside. 
Yeah. And it's all happening to you. I have no power over this. I have no voice over this. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, we're not talking about, so just like trauma-informed caveat for two seconds, true being a victim of something where you're a victim of a crime and it has happened to you. I'm talking about the unhealthy, um, and we're going to go through some examples here in a little bit, but like, I am the victim to this and have no choices in this relationship. You are happening to me. And well, it, it's, I it's even talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any choices here in a relationship. Yeah, now I will say, because I think this is important, if someone has experienced trauma and trauma is prevalent, mm-hmm. okay, um, it can teach you, the trauma can teach you a victim mentality that continues to show up in your life and in your experiences because there was a trauma that you in fact had no control over, but it has taken your sense of control and agency and voice away. And so you now move through the world. I mean, that is one of the trauma symptoms and reactions that can kind of take hold. But when we are actively in an actual trauma situation where you're, when your voice and your power has been stripped away, that is not what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to caveat there because I don't want anyone to feel, you know, um, shamed by by this because there's this is a different dynamic um the persecutor um their statement their role their thought their stance on the triangle is it's all your fault yeah it's all on you i don't have to take ownership this is they're looking at the victim going this is all your fault this is all on you. I have nothing to do with this. Another way to think about that person's perspective is also to get what I need, I will take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Whereas the victim is, I can't have what I need. The attacker or the persecutor is, I will take by force. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll just take it. It's all on you or I'm just going to take what I need at the expense of this other person or persons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have... Last and thirdly, but not least, the rescuer, I need to save others. Typically, they are saving the victim. They can also be saving and rescuing the persecutor. They're going to save everybody. And this is the this is the trickiest corner on the triangle, in my opinion. But we'll get to that. Because it looks it so looks the best. altruistic and loving and mm. in some communities holy and right and good and i would add like i know in like the original language it's I this idea of i need to save others but i would say I, I the phrasing i would actually say others need me to save them yeah they they inherently have something um that i have to give them because they just can't do it on their own they're just so yeah. broken and and if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Because they can't. They just, they don't have what it takes. So, Okay, so let us, let us bring the dynamics to life and then we'll jump into examples. Because at first glance, this probably, other than the obvious hated corner of the triangle, which is the attacker, probably doesn't seem like that problematic. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that's just life or something. You know, I just could see mm-hmm. people not understanding why. First of all, this is a very big problem. And second of all, how pervasive it is oh, yeah. everywhere. We're not just talking about marriages. We're, not, we're talking about families. We're talking about colleagues. I wish I could teach this to everybody. 
in leadership positions, like get off triangle. Like this is not helpful. This is not productive. This is not a productive work meeting because you are on the triangle. Um, yeah. So let's bring this to life a little bit in the dynamics. Yeah. One of the things that I teach in, okay, let's start with personal relationships in like the personal relationship realm is that what the drama triangle does is invites us to believe or confuse, if you will, intensity for intimacy. Yeah. So those who are used to being on this triangle mistake intensity for all of these relationships. So the relationship between each corner, again, we're having to do, you know, imagery on a audio podcast, but the line between each of the corners on the triangle is a relationship, the rescuer to the victim, the victim to the attacker, the attacker to the rescuer. Like there's all these relationships and they are intense. Think about the nature of those roles interacting with each other. They're very intense. And the drama triangle allows the intensity to distract from the fact that these are not in fact intimate relationships. There is no connection happening that it is like false sense of connection, it's it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that level of intensity. Um, and that which is why I don't like the word hero, because it looks like I think about romantic relationships. Good. The it's damsel in distress and the hero and the romantic. Talking about fairy tales. Okay, so now all of you are going to start watching Disney princess stories with a whole new eye and go, oh, they were on the drama triangle. He's a hero, <laughs> she's a victim, you know. Um, it mistaking, um, yeah, that intensity for, oh, but look how strong and connected they are. Um, and it really isn't, which, I mean, that's why I was talking about Bowen earlier. So if you remember, Bowen's a family systems therapist and, he talks a lot about what we would, um, the word we would use is differentiation, which is, you know, fancy psychology speak for two whole healthy people standing in separate identities, separate identity and health coming together in a really healthy way. Well, this is the antithesis of that. Yep. This is a, an enmeshment and a dependence that is just. That includes that rescuer role. And that's what most people miss. Yeah. That's the trickiest role. Yeah. Because, again, it looks so altruistic, you know? Like, I'm saving you. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. Yeah, the helper personalities really struggle with this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I say um, that all of those are intense and it mistakes it for intimacy. Let's break down why these roles are not, in fact, intimate. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think that's it's a it's a concept that takes a little bit sometimes for people to get um, at a very base level. When you look at the different roles on the corners of the triangle, rescuer, victim, and the attacker, I think it's really easy for people to look at the attacker-victim relationship and go, "There's a power problem." Mm-hmm. But let's take a look at how that is true. There's a power and control problem between all the corners. And that, my friends, is the opposite of intimacy and connection. 
when you abuse power, when you power, like, let's use, I mean, we quote her all the time because we love her, but um, uh, Brene Brown talks about powering over is not vulnerability. It's not courageous. It's not good leadership. It's, um, it's not, it's not where we do connection. It's not where vulnerability is. These roles on the corner of the triangle are about power and control over somebody else, mm-hmm. including when the rescuer does for the victim, what the victim needs to do for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. Cause it, and there's always a lot of good reasons and a lot of good, I think words, you know, I'm helping. Um, what, what, what if they just don't have that skill set? They don't know how to do that. They really need me to do this. I have this expertise, you know, I'm, I care about them. I care about them and love them so much um, and in that, I would say, it, it, it though it sounds like it's about the other person, it's actually pretty selfish because it's really about your need to fulfill a need in someone else's life and rescue them. And I would say that it moves into the ideas of enabling and fragilizing yeah. sometimes on both parts. I'm not saying that's just the rescuer's fault. Cause remember everybody has to choose to allow themselves. I know you said that like you can non-consensually be brought onto a triangle. It's true, but you can also choose to get off very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so once you realize you are on the triangle with someone, like someone has invited you on the triangle, you can choose to get off back to the rescuer. You are maintaining their weakness. You are enabling mm-hmm. their lack of agency and voice by doing what you're doing. Absolutely. So you're actually making sure they do not, they do not step into their own strength and empowerment. Yeah. So that is why what, when you're the rescuer, you are in fact hurting someone else. Yeah. Which would just make all the helpers of the world fall over and out of their chair. Yeah, for sure. And you bring up a good concept, you know, this word fragilizing. I think um, that happens a lot specifically in this corner that we're talking about with rescue or victim. Um, but I think we do this far too much uh, on, on and off the drama triangle, but a lot in the drama triangle. Um, people are far less fragile than we believe. Truly. And even if they are actually fragile, I mean, how in the world do you develop any type of strength as long as you're being prevented from picking up the weight? I'm going to pick it up for you. How will you grow? How will you get stronger? Yeah, like Maybe like the full and complete, and this is me, I'm being messy and out loud, which is, I'm very good at that. Um, fragilization is not a static in this moment. You are not strong enough to do that. Fragilization of somebody else is saying, I think it is, uh, actually maybe saying, I don't think you'll ever be case very shaming. Oh my goodness. I don't think you'll ever be capable of doing it. So I'm not even going to give you the opportunity to try to pick this up. Yeah. Which is gosh, I think that's a lot. Gosh, the gravity of that. Yeah. That's a lot of what's happening from rescuer to victim is it really is shaming. And I know that is hard to hear. And we've all rescued. You're about, you're picking fights. <laughs> with some people all named it in you know nobility and the right reason but I think it is shaming it's saying there's something about you that's inherently broken or weak 
that you're needs not going to be able to do this and I'm going to have to do this for you. And I think, oh gosh, that that's so dangerous. And so again, it's not connecting. It's not good. No, relationship. It's, power, it's a power differential issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the attacker victim dynamic is pretty obvious. So I don't know if we need to hang out there a whole lot, but how about uh rescuer attacker? Let's talk about that. Yeah, that one is um that's a that's a hot mess right there. Um because I think there's an element, there's an element of pride and power with all of them, right? But oh yeah, I think this one gets really um, explosive. <laughs> well, you know? and I think that both the rescuer and the attacker are two corners that are asserting a power mm-hmm. toward another. Except for one, according to this very dysfunctional triangle. I mean, just if you haven't picked up, we are not pro these roles. But it's very dysfunctional triangle. One is inherently labeled as good, and one is inherently labeled as bad, and both of them are abusing power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In in seemingly in seeming conflict with each other, you're doing it for bad. I'm doing it for good. Uh, you're weak and wanting to rescue them. I'm self sufficient and just going to take what I need, you know, from them. Both of them fragilizing the victim. Right. Both of them treating the victim terribly. And a lot of times, you, you know, you can see this play out when you do have like three people, you've got the victim, the persecutor has come and taken something, has blamed, has done something um, in this power fight. The rescuer steps in and says, hold on, you are too fragile to protect yourself from this person who is persecuting you. Let me do it. Again, not realizing that they're also fragilizing and taking power. Um, and then a lot of times what can happen is that persecutor and that rescuer then getting conflict over who's doing what with this victim. And it, it's just a mess. None of the roles are vulnerable. Mm-mm. Yeah, they're too, so so there can be no intimacy. Um, again, all of them mistake the intensity for connection. So that's the temptation of it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about movement on the triangle when there are not three. Because I, or, or, I mean, it can happen when there are three, but I think people think like, oh, this is the role that I play. No, ma'am, no, sir. You typically play any of the three roles in any given moment. Oh, There's yeah. movement on that triangle. So let, let's do that for a minute. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, maybe it's like two people. You've mm-hmm. got victim persecutor, persecutors coming and taking. The victim says, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. I don't have power. That can then offset something into the persecutor who then goes, well, okay, let me rescue you now from you because you're so fragile. Um, yeah. I also see people move between um, the role of victim and attacker when victims have been victimized for too long. It is not uncommon to see them spike and get big and attack because they've just had it. Like they reach like their like done point of being victimized, fragilized, bullied, whatever you want to say. And they will go and they like spike up real quick and become the attacker. And then what's funny is not an uncommon pattern for them to then move into the rescuer role to the person they just attacked who was previously attacking them because they feel bad about it. 
Right. <laughs> Instead of let's jump off the triangle. Okay. So let's talk about some non-political places that this shows up because I actually, I mean, I definitely see it in like my work. Like my job is to see it sure. and teach it and help people stop doing yeah. it. But I think the hardest places for me to observe this are in the places where I'm not a therapist because I don't get to tell people you have to try and go. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. And you guys are going to feel that too. Now that you know this, you're going to see it everywhere. You see and you're everywhere gonna, you go. As you strive for your own health, you're going to think, oh my goodness. They're on the triangle. We're on the triangle here. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, work. Okay. Yeah. So workspaces, um, this can show up, especially when you're in team spaces, oh, yes. it's not just, you know, if you kind of work for yourself by yourself, I mean, you could be on the triangle by With yourself, yourself, all your by yourself. I'm a new diagnosis. <laughs> oh, Kristen Wiig in one of my favorite sketches on SNL, all my, all my self. <laughs> you probably could, but, um. That one's trickier. <laughs> Usually, team dynamics. So, oh gosh, what is like staff meetings? Yeah, any kind of team meetings, staff meetings, group meetings. We're doing collaborative work. Yeah, someone asserts a boundary that is. I mean, we're going to talk about a healthy boundary. There's just so many examples. So, we're like, someone asserts a healthy boundary, gives some constructive feedback which implies that it was done well mm-hmm. okay, but it is like a that didn't go well or we need to do this better and so there is there is a challenge happening mm-hmm. which means there is I'm going to say a healthy level of discomfort it's like oh something didn't go well or we need oh, to improve sure, right, right? Um, and honestly well maybe maybe not like I think in really healthy teams this doesn't have to happen like I don't think there's discomfort when there's feedback unfortunately I have a really unhealthy society that everybody's healing from. And so most people feel some discomfort when even a really well done challenge is is kind of offered. And the rescuer in the group decides that. Oh, you know what's even more interesting is when neither like the boss who's giving feedback and the associate who's receiving it actually have any discomfort, but the discomfort is with the other person in the group. It has nothing to do with. This is a much better example. And this other coworker decides I'm uncomfortable with the fact that the boss gave my colleague feedback. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to rescue this situation by like, emotionally coddling and um well you know like uh, like they're not going to disagree with the boss but they're going to like talk about all the other things that that colleague actually was trying to do or but I can see the intent and how they were trying to do this and and everybody's sitting <laughs> for the listener we just timed that just right that Kimberly didn't spit out our water <laughs> Yeah, it's this. Well, but I mean, really, if if we need to remember, they they were sick last month, and so those (laughs) those reports just didn't get turned in because you know they were sick. And I know because I talked with them in the hallway when we're drinking coffee that they meant to get that in on time, and so the intent was really. Or, or, it, or it's like that, you know, I've made that mistake before. And like, it, it's an honest mistake. It's like, why are you talking? 
all human. We're all human. It's like, and and it's it's it is more interesting to me. It is more fascinating to me when that type of rescuing shows up, when clearly the feedback between the other two members is a hundred percent safe and fine. Yeah, and again, it's the rescue role which we talked about earlier. It's harder to identify as unhealthy because it. I mean, some of those statements are kind and perspective taking, and you know, believing the best, and so. They're also unnecessary. Right. But I think... <laughs> just what I'm pointing out. Yeah. When it, when it is unnecessary, you're probably on the drama triangle. Um, there's there's a rescuing happening there. Um, as opposed to letting that person go and, hey, no, that's between them and the boss and being differentiated. And if they have a problem, then they're going to work that out. They will figure that out. It's not mine to do anything with. But a lot of times with rescuers, it's some I, everyone's something is something for me to do with. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I need to go out there and be a superhero, um, specifically in conflict. I think that shows up a lot because they're uncomfortable and they have fragilized someone else or, or mistaken that it's a persecutor victim dynamic. Yeah. And so they've created it. They're on the triangle. Right. It's not actually happening between the other two people. Yeah. No, that's a good example. Um, another, if we'll stick with that and pivot it just a little bit is if there are, we can put it between colleagues, we can leave the boss out of it because I know that that can be, that can confuse the, the power differential because there actually is one there. Um, operationally, let's say between colleagues, they're on a project and one gives the other feedback that is needed um it may be pointing out a mistake it may be pointing out like a, a need for addressing something and um the recipient decides that it is an attack yeah I'm a when it may not be mm-hmm. like how am i am i never supposed to give you feedback without it being you know kind of seen or heard or received as an attack like that's that can be concerning yeah absolutely um oh yeah I think that's probably a big one and probably very common I think we could all probably very see that experience that um in workspaces um because again if we're not healthy differentiated people and it's oh this is a personal attack on me and I'm fragile and I'm the victim here Instead of dealing with that and going, you know, this doesn't feel good and I don't like this. But again, I think that shame piece is really important here because shame says something about who we are. Versus guilt says something about what I did. Right. Versus you're right. I didn't work the spreadsheet accurately and that affected your part of the work. Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. I'll correct. Of course, yeah. but who I am is okay. Right, but who I am is intact. I think the victim goes, "I have no power. I'm always," and, and I think the always, never kind of dynamic, whether those words are ever used or not. I'm always getting attacked at work. I can never do anything right. You hate me. Kind of posturing or even yes. words will come out, and the other person you know, who's being invited onto the drama triangle is thinking, no, I really just needed to talk about how the spreadsheet was inaccurate or how for that task that we had, I needed you to turn that in sooner because now it had an effect on me 
and I'm late to this assignment. And, you know, I think when, when you, when you are wondering if you're on the triangle, when you feel confused, (laughs) red flag, um, a little bit stunned, um, you know, accused. When you feel manipulated. Yeah. Yeah. When you feel manipulated. Watch your voice. Like I can't just have a dialogue with you and Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk through it. Um, I think you're feeling the double bind. You're feeling like, well, if I continue to say, hey, that wasn't my intent. It sounds like you're receiving this in a way that I did not intend. Okay, well, now I'm victimizing them even more. Mm-hmm. But if I stand here in silence, then I'm confirming that I've done it. So either way that I do this, it's not going to like. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it in friendship. Um, I think. I I honestly think uh, so. Early last year, you and I had like a real heart to heart about um, just in the natural progression of our friendship and work relationship. Like you and I kind of cleaned house on some old stuff that had like residual effect. Where we had we discovered as we unpacked it, we were off the triangle. We unpacked it, but we discovered as we were kind of unpacking that as you and I had gotten on the triangle with each other early in our work relationship. Mm-hmm. And that that had had some residual wounds mm-hmm. that kind of kind of reared their head last year um, in a way that was unhelpful. Um, and I bring this up because I, I always want to be vulnerable and like yeah, use some really. self examples. Um, and I want to use both where we were on the triangle and where we were off the triangle um, early in our relationship. And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this high level, but we had observed some very real things in each other mm-hmm. that without talking about it, which was the problem, mm-hmm. we started rescuing each other. Right. Like both of us were doing it. We were both rescuing and kind of fragilized each other uh, in a way that – I, then I think we ended up both feeling a little victimized, maybe. Anyways, that's kind of how it all got cleaned out. I don't, I don't know if you and I got on the attacker role with each other. That's just normally not our style with each other. Yeah. But I think we danced back and forth between victim and and rescuer in those early years. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was very cloaked in no nobility. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, that's why we're, we're trying, you know, we're conveying that this happens to all of us and we'll continue to, I, there's, yeah. there's not, we're not going to talk about this and somehow we all learn it and go, well, I never jumped on again. I never was invited on again. That's just not reality. I think it's um, bringing up the concept in order to give language. Cause that's something that I think is very valuable um, cause I know if we don't have that language, it's hard to go, what am I doing here? This is not working. You know, if we didn't have that in that conversation, it'd be like, uh, well, it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we use the language to work out just ongoing healing that you and I needed to be at our optimal working relationship with each other. And I think that when we look at the dynamics of the triangle, it's yes. Identifying what role am I playing? What is this doing to the relationship? Um, what role are they playing? Are we switching roles? Like what's happening here and why is it not working? So that you can then get unstuck and get off. 
and and but it requires that you talk about it you know and i think if people can go oh i'm on the triangle like an internal conversation oh okay what ro- what role am i playing oh okay so i'm the victim here i have no power mm-hmm. they don't get me they don't hear me if you're having a dialogue in your head <laughs> at home about and with the other person but they are not present you're, there's a great chance you might be in some triangle dynamics. Definitely probably some narration that's not fun because we don't know what's going on for the other person. And so I think what it, hopefully the gift that it can be is to, to your relationships is, hey, I think we're on the triangle. I think this is the role I'm playing. I feel like this is the role you're playing. I believe the best. Let's talk about this. And that's exactly what we did. Um, To work through it so that you can then jump off of it because I think – in healthy, loving relationships that do believe the best and are, um, you know, good most of the time, I think it's even harder than the really toxic, you know, the ones that we're trying to actually get out of. We don't really want to be in connection with those people. I think those are a little clear. I'm not saying it's easy to get out of those relationships or off those triangles, but I think it's It's easy to know you want to not be in those relationships. Yeah. I think it's harder when you want to be in the relationship. It's not always going well, but it's not, it's not burning down. It's good. It's wonderful. It's no, it's just doing the vulnerability and feeling exposed and known. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an awkward, messy conversation. Um, because so much of it's internal and felt and, you know, um, that was a messy conversation too. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Like we can use that example and, and let's talk about what it took for us to get off of it. And we're talking about like, this was like years, years in the making for us. We have a very high functioning, very good working relationship. So it was some rescue victim trade-off back and forth dance dynamics between you and I that had gotten established very early in our professional careers and relationship and kind of partnerships with each other. And um, I had realized that it was a dance I was still doing with you mm-hmm. and didn't want to. And actually, let's be honest. So I had played rescuer role on some things and got angry with you. So I moved from rescuer to attacker because of an instance. And I did not know. <laughs> she did not know. She, I mean, she I was not unaware. <laughs> she was unaware. Because honestly, the acute stuff hadn't been around for like years. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. But the dance was still so installed in me. Yeah. And I got real angry. And like, I mean, like looking back, I'm like, this was such a simple dynamic that had like kind of triggered it off. And that's, that's an important point, I think. And that's where, and then encourage, you know, our listeners. Yeah. That's where it's easy to dismiss it. It's old stuff. I could have minimized that it was old or I could have minimized that what triggered it for me was tiny. Yeah, I like. I could have just blown it off. Really, again, it's not about the content; it's about the process and yeah. the the greater context. And it's easy to dismiss. Yeah. Um, because it seems small mm-hmm. when it's about a greater thing. And that minimization is a wonderful tactic to avoid. 
Let's do oh, that. It's very cozy. <laughs> it's a very convenient way to avoid. Yeah, minimizing is very cozy. And I knew I didn't want to do that. And I did not know what the heck was going on for me. <laughs> I was so confused. And I told you that. I just knew I was angry and I had to find some words. And then, of course, I think that was pretty emotionally disruptive for you because we, we care about each other a lot. It was like, yeah, that did not feel good for either of us. But I knew that doing the right thing would be good. And you and I share those values. Like we lean in, we do vulnerability, we rumble, we talk about the hard things, we clean house, we, we do all those things. And by clean house, I mean like we're going to, if we realize something is up, we, we move, we lean in, we talk about it, we do the hard things. So anyway, we finally, I found some words to launch in. You and I like cleared an afternoon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So like do this work, which I, I think that's important to note too. This yeah. was not easy. There were tears shed. We cleared an afternoon to do this work. That is how much we valued our friendship and our working relationship is like, we will do, we will rumble well together. And actually, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think I launched into the conversation owning my rescuing role. And saying that I had fragilized you. And at one point I was really quick to go, I think I fragilized you early on. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's where, like, I, like I was triggered and angry feeling violated. And like the time I got back to it, it was like, I, I mean, I was like talking out loud and, and if, and I just know, I know the rules of the triangle. And as I was saying, I started rescuing this and accommodating for it. And then it was like in mid sentence, I was like, oh my gosh, I fragilized you. <laughs> I'm and it was then I was like I'm so sorry like that's crappy like that's not the business partner I want to be and we just started unpacking that and then I think it ended up like you were now I'll let you tell your side but you were getting in touch with some of the same dynamics on different topics yeah and I think that's that's where it got hard is because it you know um and, and we do this for a living y'all and it's still <laughs> it's, it's not any easier because it's not about, I mean, some, and sometimes it is easier when you have one topic and you're like, okay, so here, here, and here, we played these roles and, oh, okay, yes, I own, I, you know, when you're talking a million different contexts and dynamics, um, it's, it's loopy and, and strained and, um, it's just years in the making, you know, I could identify, well, yeah, here I probably felt more like being victimized here, I probably took rescuer here. I victimized you, you know, like it. Um, and so it's not a linear pattern. I think in relationship, again, we can switch roles. And I think so sometimes it's like I'm jumping back and forth. So, um, as you try to name the dynamic and as we tried to do it, then it's, it's hard. You're trying, you're trying to go like, yeah, Okay, well, here I was at this point in the triangle. Oh no, here is at this point. So, the, what what's the pattern? We're trying to find the pattern, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think it's just being able to say it, the pattern is that it's messy. The pattern is that I've done this to you, and it did it had this cost, and you've done this to me, and it's had this cost. And so, like, let's jump off. We did. We we're like, we're done. We're getting off the triangle. Um whether we could articulate every single circumstance, what exact no. that's not, that's not it. Like sometimes when it's a singular incident conversation, yes, let's, let's clear. It's clearer. It's, it's easier. 
Um, but because we hadn't jumped off, I think it bled into other things. Yeah. It creates patterns. It created cyclical things and narratives inside of us. So much so that where it was not happening and where we were not on the triangle, we thought maybe we might be. Yeah, we had to do some, we had to do some clarifying because that we I mean, and that's why we we cleared an afternoon to keep sorting it out because we were not willing to oversimplify years doing an unhelpful dance with each other to go, okay, well wait, when I'm when I hold space for this tender part of your personality, is that rescue? And we started asking each other clarifying questions like, I don't want to rescue. I want to care about you. I want to have compassion for your tender spots and your mm -hmm. Achilles heel, if you will, because I know these things about you. Like I want to, I want to be a good a bearer of this knowledge, you know, yeah. a candler of this knowledge. And so, yeah, we were like, had to call out the general dance that we did that originally made things confusing kind of both commit to like my heart is in a different place like I don't want to be on the triangle with you um, mostly because it's like I'm going to honor your person you're going to honor mine and then it was okay well I need to I need to do some clarifying like moving forward because I do know you have tender spots and I know I have tender spots and we want to handle those well with each other. Like, what does that, and we did, we like, we went, and that's where we, the continuation of getting off and staying off the triangle was, I'm not going to assume you want something from me. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to clarify my heart, your voice matters. But what does that look like for you? And we did a lot of like clarifying, like, Hey, how do I serve you in this? How do I love you well as a friend and a colleague and a business partner? And we did hard work that day. Yeah. We did really hard work that day. Yeah, we did. But it's worth it. And I think it changes things for, for the long play, um, which is good, you know. And, again, it's not that you're never going to – we're never going to do it again. But – No, I think it's – I think it helps. The dramatic part of human nature that keeps us on the drama triangle. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, it just keeps us on the chest. Yeah, it's super inherent inside of us. Um, but I think it's such a great tool for language, awareness, how to engage the work, how to get clarity, and how to be in better relationship with each other, for sure. What do you think keeps people stuck on the triangle? You know, I think sometimes it's not knowing that what it is and that you're on it. Yeah. I think sometimes it's like, I don't like this, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where it's like, I don't have language for it. Yeah. I just know I don't like it. Um, I think I've known people who know exactly what the drama triangle is. And they're just like, hey, I, this <laughs> is all I know. Or it's serving a purpose. I mean, one of the questions that we ask in therapy mm -hmm. a lot is, what does it do for you? What does it do for you? It keeps me from vulnerability <laughs> or it keeps me. Yeah, you can stay out of vulnerability on the triangle. It keeps me feeling cozy and, and comfortable. Yet, <laughs> like, the intensity, it can help you get a sense of your tetheredness. Mm -hmm. so, like, you can avoid vulnerability and feel where we're still tied together with the intensity of the relationship. So, yeah, like you feel <laughs> entangled. <laughs> But it's not intimacy. Right. Yeah, you can totally 
misattribute it to vulnerability and just go, hey, I'm just doing the messiness of life and relationships well. And it's not. It's not really. Um, so I think myths about relationship uh, or fears of vulnerability, I think that's a big one. Um, your own shame narrative that says, yep. this is who I am. Well, I don't care what role it is. This is who I am and who I have to be. And I'm stuck here. is king and queen on the triangle. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge one. How do we simplify? We kind of told our story, like, or one of our stories um, about the triangle and getting off. Like, how do we kind of help the listeners have some practical steps to get off the triangle? Yeah, I think it's identifying, okay, what role what role am I playing? Like, identifying that you're on it. Yeah, I'm on it. What role am I playing? Mm-hmm. Am I playing multiple roles? Am I jumping between roles? Yeah, maybe in, in this mo- role am I playing? And then let's talk about what each role needs to stop doing to get off the triangle. Mm-hmm. The victim who typically says, this is happening to me, I can't get what I need, mm-hmm. needs to use their voice and assert their boundaries and and kind of have have the voice that they that they have in the victim role said they can't have. Yeah, I have power. I have voice. If that matters. Mm-hmm. Assert their power, but not in an attacking way. Like right. that, it's slippery. But to assert their power in a boundaries way. Um, persecutor. Um, I think it's I can get my needs met without powering over. Powering over. Yep. I can use, I get a little bit like the victim. I can use my voice and then there's sort of, I need. I don't have to take what I need. I need, I'm longing for it, which is vulnerable. And again, it's in, it's being vulnerable to say to the other person, I need you or I need this. Mm-hmm. Knowing they may not be able to give it, but me taking it is not a good idea either. Rescuer who I need to save others and others need me to save them. I think it's engaging the narrative that you're actually not helpful or harmful. Yeah, and you need to let others do their own work. And the most helpful, kind thing you can do is tell the other person, you do have power and a voice, and I believe that. And I'm with you. And let them. But not have to do for you. Mm -hmm. With you, but not for you. Yeah. Um. It, we cannot we cannot talk another hour about how riddled we have seen this i think um and and i and i i am unapologetically going to probably bring up the pandemic experience for a while in our podcast as we kind of roll through different topics because i think it's part of us digesting what happened last last year i think that mm-hmm. is okay i think that's help help healthy processing um, when I think I saw the triangle so much last year, oh yeah, friends, family, influencers, politics, and I just you and I just over and over and over again, we're like, oh my gosh, get off the triangle, and yeah. we can see it when it's happening between other people. We can see it, it's happening in our own lives. We, again, we do this for a living. It doesn't make it any easier. To like work through yourselves, but I just I, last year I just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh, I wish people would get off the freaking triangle. Yeah, because it's not productive. Mm-hmm. It's not productive work. It's not intimacy. It's not vulnerable. It's not change making. It's not productive when we need to be getting things done at certain times. It was such a distraction mm-hmm. from what was really important. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I think we there is a false sense of like comfort if it's like, well, they're persecuting me and I'm well, a victim. I'm a rescuer. I'm a victim to this. Or I need to go save all these people or do all these things <laughs> or all these things for this one person. Um Oh, gosh, such a false narrative that I think we we got stuck in and are probably a lot of people. Yeah, still probably walking out of. Because um, it was this was this was present before the pandemic. I think this this pattern, this corrosive, pervasive pattern showing up in pandemic circumstances was very painful for me. It was very painful to watch. More than anything, yeah. very painful to watch. Yeah. So we can't name all those, but yeah. no, but I think, yeah. And the cost for that is high. I think, I think the cost is high in general. I think in light of that type of sustained crisis, um, you know, the cost is high. Um, where collectively we're, we're all on this huge triangle in, in these roles at, at different, in different ways, in different spaces. Um, costs us, you know, a lot in relationship. Um, and stress and crisis and trauma will do that. And again, I am not saying that there are not traumatic moments where there is an actual persecutor and there is an actual victim and there is wrong being done against another person. Um, and yet, even when that happens, and boy, did it in 2020, mm-hmm. I watched Inappropriate Rescuing. Yeah. I watched us not look at where wounds were present and saying, let me attack you in that space versus joining with you and loving you well and believing that you are whole and wonderful and powerful and can do this on your own and don't need me, but I sure would like to link arms and be there with you. Um, That I think it's done a lot of damage that is still going to cost us for a long time. Yeah, I do too. Uh, in the spirit of the month of relationships, hmm. may we leave you <laughs> with a little advice yeah. to get off the stinking triangle. Jump off, friends. It's not worth it. Do not mistake the intensity for true intimacy. Do yourself and your relationships in all of the arenas a huge favor and get off the triangle. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Arable Podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo. And edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at thekimberlygalindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at thejennamountain.com.